our community, your radio station. And I'm delighted to welcome our very special guest into the studio today. That's Jenny Ross. Now, Jenny has written an amazing and very colourful, amusing book called My Amazing House of Autism. And we're going to talk to her about that. But Jenny, before we get into talking about the book, I know that you were very much into children and looking after other people's children. What was it that attracted you to, to work with children you know, professionally before you had your own? I think it's because um, they're great fun and um, I'm, I'm quite child-minded myself and I've never really grown up. Um, and Join I love, the club. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love being... I'm very arty, so obviously with children, art comes along with that. And, um, yeah, I've just been very creative and I just love kids. You know, I've always loved... It's been my thing for a long time, you know. I did my NEB um, qualification um, at Paul College years ago and, um, yeah, I just went... And I did work in a nursery for a little while um, but I found it hard working with lots of other people and um, you, when you're working with a lot of people you get a lot of um, um, people being saying things about each other and, and I just wanted to work with the children I found that hard so I thought the best way to do it is just be a nanny then I'm working with the children all the time and that's what I did. You know. Anyway, <laughs> along comes your your first son. Was that very? I mean, there you were looking after other people's children, and then and then along comes Josh. Um, that must have been thrilling for you. Yeah, to finally have my own baby was amazing. You know, I remember once my sister came into my and saw me at the hospital, say, "Jenny, you've got a baby!" Wow, you know, knowing that I love them so much, and yeah, it was a real delight and joy to finally have my own little Joshua. You know, <laughs> <laughs> of course, now you've got four. Yeah, to look after. Now, I, Josh was two when the twins were born, and and the twins. Uh, who you affectionately call Natty and Matty. Yeah. <laughs> That's Nathaniel and Mark. Um, but uh, they, they were uh, started to display when, when Josh was two with, with autism. How, what alerted you to the fact that there may be some, something not quite right? Well, um, I think at first there's lots of little signs that were happening, like they weren't responding to their name, you know, and we thought at first they might have been deaf because they weren't responding to a lot of things. But then we knew they could hear because, like, a TV programme would come on in the other room. They'd go run into it because they loved it and they could hear it. So we knew it wasn't um, the fact they couldn't hear. And, yeah, there was lots of things going on. And also at the time, my husband was working as a carer and he was looking after a 14-year-old young young boy and he had autism. And a lot of the things this young boy was doing, the twins were doing. And he kept coming home saying, I'm sure Nathaniel's got that same thing. He's doing the repetitive thing with the hands. And so it was a combination of a lot of things that was happening that made um, us realise there was something not right with them both. So so from that point of view, <clears throat> did you start actually sort of researching all about autism? Because I gather you've not had any experience of autistic children before. <laughs> not really. I just, um, obviously, my main concern was to get a diagnosis. And um, and I was in quite a lot of denial at the time. I didn't want to accept the fact there was a problem. It was actually my sister said, Jenny, there's a problem. You need to sort this out. You know, I was, I was pregnant with my um, last son, Jonathan, at the time. And um, I only had a month or so to go. And she said, you need to get this sorted out now. So luckily I had a social worker come around to see me when I was due Jonathan to give me my little red booklet um, to get ready for Jonathan. And it was then the social worker came around. And I just said, look, I'm, I've got concerns for my these two boys and while she was there she was watching them and I think straight away you could see there's problems and then it just um 
from that that point on, we just started getting lots of appointments to speech therapists and doctor's appointments. And we spent a good month seeing lots of different people. And by the end of that um, January, we had the diagnosis and they started going to the CDC, which is the Child Development Centre at Paul Hospital. And it all started from there, really. You know, now, Obviously, the, the autism spectrum is a very large spectrum. Um, what, what scale are the boys? Where are they on that spectrum? I'd, I, from my experience so far, I think they're probably very severe, as in the fact, um, still at the age of 18, they still need lots of one-to-one. Um, they're very, they have no sense of um, safety. Uh, even now, they just run into a road if they, you know, they don't think of um, safety at all. And um, they're very unpredictable. Um, both of them, Nathaniel has a little bit of speech now, but where Mark has no speech at all. And basically, they're both still very, very vulnerable. And um, you can see um, now, as they've got older, they're always going to need um, care and one-to-one through their life, and they're never going to be able to live on their own. So you can see there's, you know, for them, they're quite severe, whereas I think some autistic um, um, disorder isn't quite severe, so they can have more of a normal life um, with a lot of help and, you know. Being a parent's never easy. So (laughs) what's the hardest thing in terms of having children that are autistic? I think because you can't have a normal life, really, compared to... Obviously, when I was a nanny, um, I was able to do so much with the kids. I used to go out to the beach. Uh, you, were, you know, it's a great thing about being a nanny. I wasn't stuck in a room or you used to go out and do great fun things with the kids and always doing stuff. Well, when I got my own children, I wasn't able to do that. I was very restricted for what I could do for the safety of the boys. And because I had two of them, it was even harder because I had two of them. If we went to just a normal park, you know, they wouldn't want to play on the slides and the swings. They'd want to head for all the um, exits and you know some parks would have three gates and it would just I'd be like you'd have to keep them really on a lead <laughs> yeah yeah literally I could have done with a lead for both of them but obviously it got to a point it was safer just to be at home unless my husband was at home and he could, even with him we used to struggle going out with them now, so yeah Jen just say a wee bit more because obviously some people may not know anything about autism and, and how it impacts children and families and so on so just say a wee bit more about how in your particular case that you know, autism has, has has impacted on the boys what sort of things do they do differently um, I, th- I think mainly that um, obviously they've had no speech we've had to learn to communicate them, c- communicate with them very differently um, with them everything we've kept very simple that's the key with autism um, everything needs to be in a routine everything needs to be the same you know um, and obviously because of the way they are um, you're very restricted for um, when you go out with them so you have to plan everything and um, and obviously the biggest thing is not get much sleep <laughs> there's one thing with my boys they don't sleep very much um, so I've had night I don't get up for the 18 years I've had very little sleep and that impact on the other two is massive as well because obviously they've got school and we have nights where Nathaniel's up singing all night and of course they've got to try and go to school the next day feeling quite bleary eyed and tired you know um, so yeah, it's not just for the twins, but for us, it's always it's been a massive impact in our lives and been very different for us, you know. Because you and I first met in church, and uh, and of course yeah. I was introduced uh, to Nat singing. He yeah. loves singing the Coronation Street theme. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a, he's real into Coronation Street big yeah. time, is he? Yeah. Well, he he tends to he loves his he's got his computer in his room and he tends to go on YouTube and he has all his favourite songs. He's got very good taste in music actually because the things he come up, I think oh, I love that song. I haven't heard it for eight years, but he'll play it again and again once he gets a tune in his head he just keeps playing it and the biggest one at the moment is, is um, Coronation Street and he'll go around singing it all the time and, <laughs> you know, yeah all the time it's quite funny really 
and yeah, yeah. So, so he's ever so funny. He makes us laugh. He's brilliant with it. You know. And when you look at the book, some really interesting illustrations in the book. Uh, but of course, those few words actually tell a lot. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned in one part of the book about we have a time for everything. Yeah. Now. That short phrase implies a huge amount of things. Yeah. So w- what it's saying is that you have to have a really strict routine. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and also everything we do, like time for dinner, time to go to bed, time for this, time for that, everything done by time. And it's just keeping things very simple and doing that, that it helps them understand. If you use too many words or it just gets too muddly. So you just, in the home, we just got everything simple. But then in every situation they're in, whether at home, at school... Their routine's slightly different, but because in that environment, they're used to it. They're used to that routine. Like, school have their routine with them, and then we have our routine at home. It can be different, but that's what they're used to in that environment. That's what they, you know, yeah. Our community, your radio station. Well, our very special guest today is Jenny Ross, who's written a, a book which is shortly going to have its public launch. We'll tell you all about that a wee bit later on. The book's called My Amazing House of Autism. And in the wee bit earlier on, Jenny was explaining how she has. She has four boys, actually. The first was uh, Josh, and then when he was two, along came the twins, uh, Nathaniel and Mark, affectionately known as Natty and Matty. And then Jonathan came along uh, You know, after that. Jenny, obviously, you're, you're, you and your husband are both people of, of faith. Mm-hmm. How, how have you reconciled the fact that, that you have clearly special needs children uh, w- with your faith? Um, it's obviously been a bit of a challenge. Um, I've had um, times where I've questioned God, obviously, because I've had times when I think, Lord, what have you done? You know, what, why, why has this happened to my boys? They're beautiful. And why have you given me this massive challenge? And um, I think recently I've learned a lot about how... Um, um, things happen for a reason and it's not God's fault, it's not my fault these things just happen because of the sin of the world you know, um, but I've learned to, obviously getting to church is very difficult for us because obviously um, it's difficult to find a church that can cope with Nathaniel Mark because um, they are can be quite loud um, <laughs> luckily recently we have found this amazing church at Emmanuel in Southbourne and they've been fantastic with the boys you know, and a few weeks ago we had a jazz concert um, at the church and well, that would have liked that, wouldn't it? Yeah, and, and it was the first time, because Nathaniel usually has his head in his lap looking at his mobile, and um, they don't really look up, but everyone was saying afterwards, it was so good to see the boys looking up and swaying to the music and just really enjoying it, and they had a fantastic time. But generally at the church, it's just been so great having such an amazing response to everyone, and they all seem to love the twins and be really excited for them that they're there, and, you know, just being made to feel really welcome. Yeah, it's been great. And I suppose it's not just sort of church life, but... It, it must you you must have had your challenges you know with people generally because mm-hmm. obviously if if you were to look at the twins people wouldn't necessarily just by looking know that mm-hmm. they had autism it's when the behavior starts and they might say what is that mother doing <laughs> have you had that yeah well I, I remember once I was at church and um, someone looked at me and they said they looked at when I first had them die and they looked at me as if to say they don't look like there's anything wrong with them you know and I think but they don't you know and it's harder when they're younger I think as they've got older it's more apparent because I think you can see it more but obviously yeah looking at them you wouldn't think there's anything wrong with them at all but when you try to communicate and then you see the sign and you see the problems and the fact they can't talk and you know yeah <laughs> well let's Sorry. I was going to say, uh, there's been a transition, though, hasn't there, between you looking after them solely and actually their schooling situation. So that's moved on and you had help 
uh, with that. I gather that the local MP was part of trying to get them into a situation that was going to be more supportive. Yeah, because obviously it wasn't the schools, but the school that were at the at the at the time it wasn't their fault. It's just got to a point where the boys weren't progressing where they were. Were they in mainstream school? No, they were at Linwood School and Springwood School. They were start off at Linwood School and then yep. they moved to Springwood School, which is just an autism yep. based um, school. And they were very happy at first, but then it got to a point Mark wouldn't even go into the building and it, it, we couldn't even get him into the taxi to get to school. And then I spent for quite a few months with him stuck at home and it just got really bad. Um, and I obviously kept contacting his social service. What do I do? What's going to happen? You know, um, and I wasn't getting much joy. So a lot of people said, contact your MP. So I just thought, OK. So I emailed a lot of MPs and the first person to get back to me was Tobias Elwood. And he um, phoned me straight away and said, look, I'd really like to meet you which was great. And I met him and I explained my story and I showed him a video of um, Nathaniel because when Nathaniel's very stressed out, he does a lot, he has a lot of meltdowns and he mm-hmm. ends up hitting him with his face, making it, even now we have times like last, a couple of weekends ago, he was hitting himself so bad that, you know, he ended up with bruises and his face slightly deformed and it's, it's very um, heartbreaking to see him like it. Um, but then this was happening and Tobias saw the video and he was horrified and his secretary actually said to me, um, um, she's never seen him so upset about a situation and he was determined to help me and get the boys sorted and that's when we came across the Sheeling School which I hadn't known about until obviously this sort of all came about and and that school's been amazing and they now board from Monday to Friday which gives me a few days in the week to recover and get ready for the weekends when they're back again and um but yeah and the school's been amazing and the boys and one of the biggest issues with the boys is um um they're eating i've i've had had to blend and um, blend all their foods cuz they wouldn't eat solid food at all mm. and um since they've been at the sheeling within the last year um um talking about prayer praying for years everyone prays my family and my friends are always praying for the boys for progress and that mm. with the difficult difficulties they have and all of a sudden within the last few months they've started eating normal food and my husband couldn't believe it. He kept saying to me, I don't believe it. I have to see it, you know. I said, no, they are eating everything at school. and Because obviously at home they won't do it quite yet, but we're working on that. Um, and he wouldn't believe it until a few weeks ago. It's their 18th birthday. And we're at their nanny's house and um, there was birthday cake. I thought, perfect opportunity. In a different environment, they might have a go in front of other people. But anyway, they got their chocolate cake. Mark had his cake. He wasn't going to eat it in front of us, but he crept into my parents' bedroom on his home. And I, I quickly said, Neil, you've got to come and look. Come and look. So he we went into the other room and he said, don't let him know you're there. And he was looking. And Mark was stuffing this chocolate cake in his mouth. <laughs> and it was the best answer to prayer we've ever had in years that this boy suddenly loved food, especially chocolate cake. And he de- definitely takes after me when it comes to chocolate cake. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> now, clearly, clearly, uh, Jenny, you're... Your household is that obviously you, you've got your challenges, not not just with, with with the twins, but with the other two boys as well. How have the other two boys taken to the twins? Um, they're both very different with it. Joshua is he's more emotional. He gets very he's very sensitive. He is um, he's a, in some ways I'd say closer to the twins. They relate to them more. Where Jonathan, I think he, he loves them dearly, but I think he find, finds them more irritating. <laughs> you know, like they'll just pounce in their room, and he's like, I don't want to mean. You know, why do they have to come in my room? And what age like, ga- what is gap is there between them and Jonathan? Um, Jonathan is fifteen and they're eighteen, mm-hmm. so, so a few years, years gap. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, Josh, Joshua, the eldest, had a massive problem for a while. I think 
because he's so emotional he had a lot of mental health issues for a while when he was at school and we had to um, treat that um but he's getting a lot better now he's much better than he was you know he's at Paul College doing really well now and uh, Jonathan's um just coming into his final GCSE year and um but he yeah we just you get it's just part of our life we get used to it so 18 but going forward what sort of things will need to be done for them going forward well, um, unfortunately, we got, we're getting to that crossroads again with them where um, um, we've started the social service saying because once they turn 19, they're going to have to start thinking about going somewhere else rather than the Sheelan School. Um, so we've started looking into other placements for them residentially. Um, I think the idea at the moment, I'd like them to carry on at the college at the Sheeling, but they still need somewhere to board in the week. So we've been going around Bournemouth looking at a lot of other places. So the main prayer for them at the moment is finding the next placement for them. You know, because obviously moving is the biggest thing for them. It can um, upset them a lot, you know, and especially when they're doing so well now. There's always that worry, you know, but I think that's the greatest thing about being a Christian. You know, all my problems, anything I worry about, I just give it to God and say, look, you know, you're there. You're got, you're, you've given me these boys. I know you're going to protect them. You're going to lead them to the right place. And I carry on, you know, relying on him. <laughs> now, so. your household seems a very happy one. Challenged, yes, and happy and that is very much reflected in this book which I'm holding in my hand right uh-huh. now called My Amazing House of Autism what what inspired you to produce it I mean you said earlier on you were creative do you know it's, it's funny because last about just every year ago um it's my sister, she's like me, she's very dyslexic, she struggles, and suddenly she's done this degree, out of nowhere she'd done this degree. Never thought she'd ever do a degree, and I just thought to myself, I want, Lord, I want to do something, what can I do, you know? I'm not very academic, you know, but I'm very arty, I love kids, and I just, I, I'm sure God, God put it on my heart to do something creative, and I just thought, have a go at doing a children's book, you know? And that's why I just thought, and a year ago, it was like... um it was the first summer I had where the twins were going to be um, uh, have the best summer because they're going to have more respite. We we're going to be able to go down the beach more, do more things, more like a normal family. Um, but unfortunately, my youngest went and broke his kneecap. Um, so I was stuck in the house for eight weeks because he couldn't move. We had to move his bed downstairs. It was a bit of a bit of a trauma, you know. The, you know. But and then I thought, I'm stuck in the house for eight weeks. What can I do? And then that spurred me on to think, I'm going to get my pen and paper down, get my my just get doing it and have a go at doing this book and that those eight we last summer when I was stuck in a lot this is what I was doing having a go at doing this book <laughs> and it came about and I you know they, they say you hear a lot of, with Christians how um God uses your dreams to um to sort of um help you do things I, I believe and there was I had so many times at night when I suddenly had an idea and I jumped out of bed like two o'clock and I had to write it down or I forget it so a lot of my ideas and the creative it came through um, being at bed at night and coming up with ideas so yeah <laughs> I'm reading this one page it says that you write of the boys they have no speech but they're, but they're both very noisy Natty loves to sing as we said earlier on uh, always the same songs he's so funny when he sings jingle bells in the summer on the beach <laughs> but the book is full it's, it's, it's a very easy when you were writing it who, who did you have it targeted to well, it's mainly for two to five-year-olds, for young kids and young families, you know, so that um, I just wanted them to see and see the quirkiness. Even though autism can be hard, it can be challenging, 
but they're amazing as well. They got the, the little things they do do, and they're they're they're, they're funny and they got little quirkinesses about them. And like but the other thing in the book is where um, every morning after breakfast, Mark always throws everybody's duvet down the stairs, and he always does it. He's done it for years, and he still does it now. Everybody's those, everybody's yeah, duvet. He'll he'll have his breakfast. He'll go upstairs. He goes in everyone's room, and he throws everyone's duvet downstairs. It's his thing. It's what he does. But. You know, you get used to it, and we just find it funny, and it's brilliant. You know, he's, they've both got their little quirkinesses about them, and I just wanted to put it in the book, colourful, and um, just show people that okay, our house is very different, but you know, it's great as well. You know, it's different in a colourful way, different so that- challenge, different fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, certainly having re- read through the book myself, and, and Ian's had a, a brief look at it, I think this is a book that anybody could read because for adults, it gives you a bit of an understanding of the of uh-huh. the sorts of things that people you know, may have to cope with if if they have mm. a child who has autism, or even if there's somebody in the family. But as you quite rightly say, it's a fun book for children to yeah. read. And families, it's it's not just for children with autism, but people, families that haven't got autism, but they can, there's simple um, little things that you can see that's fun to understand that, you know, this is what autism life is like. And, you know, yeah, it's just a fun and colourful way to, you know. Now, yeah. <laughs> most important, if people want to get a copy of this book, Jenny, how do they do it? At the moment, I did have a publisher but it kind of went a bit pear-shaped with her. Um, so I'm now going it alone with the book. Um, I haven't actually got a publisher at the moment. So at the moment, I'm, I've got a local printer that's printing out my books for me. And so basically, you just need to email me and I can post them to people. And yeah, and I've got a couple of launches coming up. Um, one at the Ludo Lounge in a few weeks' time where people can meet me and come buy my book and just have a chat and, yeah, and then... Do you have a date for that? Yes, it's 21st of um, August. And it's on a Wednesday. Nassaludo Lounge in Southbourne. Yeah, from one till four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I've also got another um, big launch uh, over at Portfield School in October, and that's on the tenth of um, October. At the Portfield School. Yeah, and that's an evening thing. It's sort of from sort of six to nine. And you said about your email address. What was that? That's Neil Jenny Ross. 70 at yahoo.co.uk. Neil Jenny Ross, 70. 70 at yahoo.com yeah that's us fantastic and and how much does it cost the book? it's seven pounds um but obviously um obviously for us as a family um financially things have always been a bit of a struggle but um and obviously because i've had years where i haven't had much time and i haven't been able to do most people with a disability or something in their life they they're very um connected to they like to raise money for and support i haven't really had the opportunity to do that because i've been so um busy with the boys and yeah so i now i've got the time this is i want to be able to help as many other charities and families as i can by donating money to autism wessex and diverse abilities and hopefully i'd like to you know support the school they're at as well so and also, uh, you tell me that this is the first of a series of books. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm in the process of doing a few other books as well. I'm. I basically. Um um, Nathaniel and Mark are, are turning into characters uh, Natty and Matty the autistic twins everything's done by time and the idea is that um, a lot of people probably remember the Topsy and Tim stories when they were younger and it's very slim, similar to that where um, it'll be a typical day like beach time go into the beach and what happens um, very colourful things they do and little there'll be little things in there that happens with an autistic child that not necessarily you'd know how to deal with but in a fun way like going to the beach when it's about to go 
my my husband say beach time finish and um they flop to the ground they don't want to move this is very typical trait for an autistic person when they suddenly change your mind they don't like the sudden change and they'll flop to the ground or they don't want to change from what they're doing and keeping things very simple so in the story i I teach people how to count down when you want to finish finish it in five or beach time has finished if you count down and keep things very simple they will understand they'll 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 um react to it and these are the sort of little traits I'm putting into the story, stories for, for people to understand a bit about it. And, you know, yeah. Well, Jenny, thanks so much for joining us on the programme uh, today. It's mm-hmm. been an absolutely delight. You'll have to come back and tell us how the sales are going. Yeah, and, definitely. And how, <laughs> and, and how the, next, the next thrilling adventure, of course, when, you, <laughs> when your next book is coming online. Yeah. But, but in the meantime, if you want to encourage uh, uh, Jenny and, and a family, then uh, why not go uh, on that, uh, what is that? I'll drop them an email. So that's uh, Neil Jenny Ross uh, seventy at yahoo.com uh, or put in your diary the twenty first of August uh, in at the Ludo Lounge in Southbourne High Street between one and four, where you'll be able to meet Jenny and and actually mm-hmm. be sign the book. I think she'd be a fabulous speaker if you had a group <laughs> coming along. Uh, and then of course uh, at the Portfield School on the tenth of October, and I'll give you some of those reminders of those dates as we. Uh, we go on so big thank you to Jenny our community your radio station